The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. What a day yesterday. What a day. Um, really, it would put succession or any of the thrilling episodes you would like in the halfpenny place. Uh, I, I described it as waterboarding. It was, there was times it was worse than that. Uh, we're going we're gonna to review where we're at at the end of this momentous week. I've no doubt RT is going to be the story of the year. And as we head into the silly season tomorrow, July and August, there are so many pieces of information that RT still have to furnish from the barter account to various expense accounts and so on. Uh, this is just going to be the story that keeps giving. Uh, we're going to we have in studio uh, the chair of the RTE NUJ branch representing journalists inside the station broadcasters, Trevor Keegan. Uh, we have Neve Smith, who was in day one, uh, the opening session, the chair of the media committee. Uh, and Eve Smith will be joining us shortly. But firstly, let's let's wrap up where we're at with Sean Defoe, Bauer Media's political correspondent. Um, the government, the cabinet, where are we at with them? Because, uh, you know, I think the PAC really is follow the money trail and they will be relentless about that and into the minutiae of that. But the bigger issue of corporate governance, the future of public service broadcasting are actually matters for government. Where are the cabinet at, Sean? Yes, the, the, the cabinet could meet incorporally as early as today, although speaking to people this morning, they want to digest the information that has been there over the last 48 hours and are now warning it could be a little bit longer because they have to put together the terms of reference for this external review. And there's a lot, a lot that came out over the last two days that may now need to be included in that external review of culture and governance. I think ministers were as shocked as most of us listening to some of the revelations when it went from what we were talking about on Wednesday, which was largely what was already known, to yesterday when it just seemed like the, the RT executives picked up the shovel uh, and kept on, on digging. You know, there was messages going around in political WhatsApp groups comparing Richard Collins to Greg from Succession when he did appear before uh, a committee in that, in that particular show and it didn't go exactly very, very well. So the politicians are now thinking, what more is here? And also wondering, who else do we need to hear from? So there's going to be a number of steps. There's going to be that report going to, uh, those terms of reference rather, going to the Cabinet at some point in the next little while. There's now going to be a debate in the Shannon next week as well, brought on uh, by Ronan Mullen to cap the pay at RTE in line with senior government ministers. And then also there are where did the committees go from here and there are people they still want to hear from, namely mostly being Dee Forbes whenever she is better and well to attend, Ryan Tuberty uh, and Noel Kelly who all have uh, extra questions. But then some other people also, uh, Jim Jennings, the Director of Content for example, who also is unwell and wasn't able to attend this week. So there are still avenues to explore and I think PAC is very much taking stock today to see if there are anywhere else we can go with this as well. Yeah, from a PR perspective for RTE I, I think there's two underlying problems. Over my adult lifetime for the last 40 years RTE would have been the people who held everyone to account. I'm thinking of the money scandal in the IFA, in the FAI in force and RTE were the people who are putting the feet to the fire, precipitating resignations. The second thing, you know, so therefore that standard is now uh, being applied to them. The second thing is that actually they spent all of D Forbes' time pleading poverty. They wanted more money. They wanted new funding models and all of this. And this doesn't, you know, the 275 grand, grand doesn't lead, lead, read like a poverty related organisation. But and, and, and politicians are all going to pile in on RTE. You can see where this is going to go. But there is a deeper issue, which is, 
you know, if if you care about RTE, if you care about public service broadcasting, you've got to say, well, what is the essence of public service broadcasting? Is it news? Is it current affairs? Is it investigation? Is it 2FM? Is it RTE2? Like, is that type of discussion going to be part of the review in terms of, well, look, what is public service broadcasting? Yeah, well, I mean, probably we've been talking about this as well at committees in relation to where the license fee goes and whether stations like our own, for example, should get a sample of that. What does it, what decries public service broadcasting? Because since RT was founded, and obviously throughout the career that you were a minister, there was a huge change in the landscape of the media, where now there is a, a thriving independent sector and much more people who could claim to be doing that independent public service broadcasting. So, where does that money go? And local, is a big radio, that local radio, local radio, fulfill that, radio. Yes, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. It, like, it, absolutely not just at the, the national sector. And we've many local stations who do fantastic work. Um, so that question has become muddled and no one's ever really answered it. Or, or no politician certainly has grasped the thorn because they just don't particularly want to go there. They don't see it as a, a win politically. Uh, but but for do you them, th- see the review do. going in that direction? Or let's say, look, we need to change the corporate governance in RTE. We need to change the executive board. We need to, like you would deal with CIE or any other state company. Like, which direction is it going to take, do you think? I think the latter is where it will most likely go, more likely into the structures of RT than the wider picture, because the wider picture is a much bigger job of work that was ongoing and has now been paused in terms of licence-free reform. So I think it is going to look at culture. And if you look at the committee yesterday, I mean, the, the board did try to come in and address that fairly directly straight away with Shuni Ratlick saying that there had been deception, with Adrian Lynch saying there was going to be a reconstitution of the board and a change of things under Kevin Backhurst when he came in. But I thought the most interesting contribution on that, and it was small, but was from Robert Short yesterday, who was the staff representative on the board. And, you know, you could feel the anger dripping from him during the committee. And you can feel the anger from a lot of the RT staff who are covering this and covering this very well and very impartially as much as they can, given it's about their own organisation. That's a big question that needs to be answered because public have lost trust in RT as a whole, but not because of their broadcasters, not because of their journalists. Yeah, who but are I doing think the public can distinguish government. between the professionalism of RTE and the management of RT. All right, Sean, well, Look, there may be an announcement today from Cabinet, is what you're saying, but it's not confirmed. Not confirmed yet. And from what I'm hearing this morning, I said we might be waiting a bit longer while they try and parse some of what they've heard over the last 48 hours and get it into the terms of reference. Sean Defoe, thank you. Neve Smith, uh, you you were day one. Did anything emerge yesterday that contradicted what was said uh, before your committee? Good morning, Ivan, and good morning to your listeners. Um, I suppose we, I, I felt we only got half answers and some non-answers the, the previous day. I think yesterday, uh, colleagues and members were well, well prepared for the type of stonewalling that they were, <laughs> they could have faced. Uh, and I think they really did sort of drill into more detail yesterday. I mean, the, the, there's certainly more information has come out about the barter account and, and I suppose the type of events that was used to, to uh, in the barter account. And I think that's of interest probably as much to the staff of RT, to the rest of the staff to RT, as much as to the public. I mean, I'm still struggling with this piece on, you know, the underwriting of RT of this deal and these secret payments with Ryan Toby, because as you know, it did come out in our committee that there was nothing in writing about this, absolutely nothing. And the most that can be concluded even after yesterday's uh, hearing was that there was a note which was taken by the legal team within RTE because it was all done via a, a Microsoft Teams call. And I just don't know how you underwrite something that isn't contractual or that there isn't a very clear written document on that. So I think there's a bit further to go on many aspects of the deal. Well, well, speaking of a bit further to go, I, I, I... 
I noted Moya Doherty, the chairperson for eight years of the board. And that's the person I would look to in terms of the corporate governance regime. Miriam Lord has a fantastic uh, colour piece today. And I quote, former RT chair Moya Riverdance Doherty appeared as a witness, or rather she wafted in a beautific smile on her face, which seldom dimmed. And then later, in all her years with the organisation, Moya said she was completely unaware of its existence and never heard any mention of it around the place. That was the Barter account. I mean, is that not a total indictment of what a chairman should be doing? I mean, the the remuneration committee didn't meet for one whole year. I mean, I, I have to put it to you that in terms of your committee, yes, the executives are going to be barbecued. We get all that. Uh, but I mean, like... Corporate governance, in essence, is the oversight from the board. I agree, Ivan, and I have even at our committee meeting on, on Wednesday uh, questioned the relationship. And I did, I, I noted that Sean mentioned uh, Robert Short. I think Robert Short has been very, I suppose... Well, well, just uh, on Robert Short. Robert Short is, was, was a voice of common sense, but he has been on the audit committee and was there for the previous board. And John Brady actually was brilliant yesterday. When it came up about the 1100000 for the Tokyo World Cup, he said this was in the mail on Sunday. Did you not discuss it at the board. The whole country was talking about it back in 2019. The board, the board, like to say that they didn't know it, it was in the goddamn papers. I know, and it doesn't wash or bode well for their, um, I suppose, oversight, the governance of all that. And as I said, I really do believe there has has been a continual uh, avoidance almost of the executive's uh, relationship and proper working relationship with the board. But yes, we have to get to that point where I suppose the board will have to c- come into this a lot more in terms of what their oversight was or their lack thereof. And I was glad to see Maya Doherty there yesterday because we need the people in the room who were there throughout all of this. I mean, I think Shuni Rahali has come in and, and yes, she's put her hand up that she's made mistakes, but her term has been short in all of this. We need to go way further back than that and I think there will be more questions to be in more interrogation. So, so, so what's going to happen with your committee next? I mean, the, the, the list, I think you'd have to play the tape back to get the list of all bank account statements and everything from the barter account, all the individual salaries of the top 100 people, what cars people have, uh, you know, tickets, matches, concerts, rugby, football, everything you two was thrown into it. I mean, and you send us this and send us that by next Thursday. I mean, what what role does your committee have? Because they're going to follow the money trail. Yes, exactly. So, I mean, our, our job is expenditure overall. It is about governance. And I think that is the key question in all of this. So my committee, we, we watched very attentively uh, at the at the PAC meeting yesterday as, as stories unfolded. We're meeting this morning, actually, Ivan, at 10.30 to decide what our next steps are and what we believe we should be doing. As you know, I have called 4D Forbes, Ryan Tuberty, um, Noel Kelly and Jim James to make themselves available. And I will hope that I will get agreement of committee to do that this morning. I think that was part of the next steps that we take and also bearing in mind as you said in your in your introduction here we have to I suppose bear um, in mind that RTE needs to be left in good stead it needs the financial I suppose stability to continue there has been irreparable damage done here to our public broadcaster and you know our committee I'm, I'm taking full responsibility here has responsibility in making recommendations to government as to where we go on the funding of uh, broadcasting into the future and not just our public broadcaster but independent broadcasters our local uh, broadcasters as well that all has to come into it and I think 
big decisions have to be made by government here as well. Okay, Neve Smith, uh, her committee, uh, Media, Tourism, Arts, Culture, Sport and Gaeltacht are meeting again. Uh, thank you for joining us on the show. Well, in studio, listening to all that with me is my old friend. I remember <laughs> over my uh, 12 years in news talk coming and going, one of the constants, uh, and he would always be freelancing and filling in and one of the hardest working guys, Trevor Keegan. And yesterday when I was watching all this, uh, it was on the, I didn't watch it on the Oireachtas channel, I watched it on RT News channel and they covered it very well and it was gripping. But they took the odd break and then Trevor would appear with the weather and the weather, you had bad news for the weather. The weather was going to be less good. I just should have put a very big cloud over Montrose (laughs) and left it there permanently. But you're here in your capacity as chair of the RT NUJ brands representing journalists and of course there's SIP2 and uh, other uh, union representatives. What what, what do you want to say after two days of, of hearings and and like, you know, I, I get the kind of salacious thing. It's sort of like an open sore and it's very entertaining and dramatic and shocking and all that kind of thing. But what is the sense of staff of where we're going to be, say, September on this story? Ivan, I had a colleague yesterday when I finished my shift and was leaving the building after the PAC committee had finished. This colleague cried in front of me and it basically said, what have they done to us? And that is the general feeling. We are disgusted with what they've done to the company, what they've done with the public money. And they just quite simply disgust us. That is the mood of the staff. That is the mood across the staff. We're unified in our approach. And who do you blame? Top management. There is no, the book stops with them. These are the executive board. They are the ones who have allegedly supposed to have oversight on what goes where. I also do last you have confidence I, in the executive board in its entirety? Absolutely not. No way. And what do you think How should happen you? to them? How could you? What do you think well, but we don't want them to go anywhere yet because they still have questions okay. to answer and they've more to do. So don't they didn't think they can all run for the hills at this stage. They're out there and they need to stay in the trenches, which is where the rest of us have been for so long over many, many years. But the problem with this is I just spoke to, uh, I gauged the mood of some managers yesterday and I just asked them a simple question. How difficult is it to procure something? And give me an example of something to say that's worth 75 quid. And one of them told me that it is exceptionally difficult if he buys something on Amazon, which is sometimes how they have to do it to get broadcast critical equipment like these headphones we're wearing here, for instance, are essential to doing our job on radio in particular. Uh, He said he would have to maybe get them through a different department that supplies them, but that person would have to raise a a, a PO against his cost pool. It would be scrutinised by his finance, finance manager for his department. So basically, incredible penny pinching. Like I even heard the story of one member. Seventy-five quid, though. Than seventy-five thousand. Well, well, I'll give you a worse one. I I was speaking to someone who is staff, and they 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 finish up at half twelve at night, and they have to get a taxi, and the taxi fee because the taxi one night had to wait a little longer was five euro, twenty-five euro instead of twenty euro. And someone said, "Why? Why is it five euro too too much?" Ivan, I work. uh, We in my department, we work three hundred and sixty-five days a year. We work from nine till midnight, uh, seven days a week, and a lot of freelancers. A lot of freelancers in my department. well. Tell me about the other thing. You know this thing where they have to pay 1.2 million for bogus self from Yes, I'm one of those. What, what, t- explain that. So basically, I know it's kind of convoluted for many people listening. But you, you weren't treated as an employee. No, for whilst I was here, say for instance, freelancing in News Talk, I was also still technically equated to a freelancer in RTE. But Revenue came along and said, a lot of the staff, we don't think they're actually freelancers. We think they're, they should be classed as employed by your organisation. So With all the, in- with all the entitlements that you would imagine. And, 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 my, and all that, yeah. my colleagues working alongside me, 
already had. Yeah. So Revenue did the scope. The scope is still ongoing. I did a two and a half hour interview, say, for instance, with Revenue. And Revenue came back in my instance and in many other cases as well and said, Trevor, actually, you started with the continuity department in 2010 or you should have been staff since the 1st of October of that year. This is now 10 years or 12 years later. So I had missed out on nine. I became staff member, uh, you know, officially on the, in 2019. So we, in my case, for instance, I'd missed nine years of pension. I, yeah. The holiday pay, I don't, you, you know, is a back. problem. You can't get back. You can't yeah. get back. Yeah. 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 And they fought us tooth and nail. They, I've had staff in this instance, in this process. It sounds time. like an episode of Upstairs, Downstairs. Absolutely. Because then you know what Upstairs was actually really doing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. But if I'm, if I'm standing back from this and looking at it from a, a, a money perspective, so 344 million made up of about 150 million from commercial and the rest from the, the licence fee. I don't hear anything from any politician to increase the licence fee. So the prospect for that, not great. Commercial, I think, will be somewhat damaged by this, but it'll always be a huge brand and it'll always have a big audience uh, and, and so on. How do things get better? Because I, I actually think the way to save RTE is to reassess what is public service? What are the things? In other words, so news, investigative journalism, uh, having that free, having the resources, which News Talk couldn't afford to do, which Virgin certainly couldn't afford to do. Uh, I don't know if it includes sport or not, but I mean, a repeat of Dynasty doesn't strike me as public service. I'm not entirely sure if 2FM actually is, well, you know, So I, I, but at the same time, I'm not against them being commercial, you know. I, no, I and you see. have to cater. We are a nation of different cultures, different backgrounds, different age groups and profiles. We have to cater for all the audience, basically, in different genres and different realms. And things like Lyric are still relevant and you need people who can listen to that sh- station and g- get that content. Equally, I'm not too sure that Shortland Street in the middle of the day is public service, but yet it has to fill a hole in the schedule. Otherwise, what do you put in its place? Well, we can't finance everything but is we what can't I'm saying because anything. resources are not going to increase. No, they're not and resources are finite but we still do stuff that, as you say, other stations can't do. I mean, things like the Doc on One, for instance, with the, the Women of Honour, that's the kind of stuff that RTE does brilliantly and needs to continue doing because these are questions and people still do need to be upheld and held to account. But how this is going to be progressed from here on in, I don't see any politician with the appetite to actually tackle the funding issue at this stage, obviously, because they're going to sit back and go, well, as one of them said this morning in Morning Ireland, you're taking the pressure off us. But and, and all the while, you know, you not only have your Netflix and your Disney's and Amazon's uh, coming in, but now you have the YouTube and the people under 40 are consuming news can really get it for free everywhere. That is the, the problem. Like 83 percent of people digest their news on apps. And they don't have a pay. They don't pay for the paywall. But yes, so when, when, so when I speak that, to the currency, or speak to the Business Post, or speak to different people, like I'm, I'm leave RT out of it for a moment. The entire media is facing. Uh, you know, uh, having chosen career, like a lot of people are yeah. leaving journalism to go into PR, either you know in the state or or the private sector, or uh, you know they're they're finding alternative uh, careers. But despite all of that, or they're going um, into politics. But despite all of that, and despite the fragmentation of the whole sector across every type of media outlet, despite all of that, still with your Reuters uh, news um, survey across Europe. In RTE's case, we still come out at the top of the trust. And that word now has been so decimated in so by so many people in that management executive committee. But yet people still, up until March when that survey came out, still had the highest amount of trust placed in RTE as a news 
outlet for getting their trusted source of news. And for us still, and our journalists are still doing so today and will continue to do so, upholding people to account. Okay. You've articulated the anger very well. What will sate that anger? Is it heads in a bucket? What is it? I think ultimately heads will go. I mean, that's technically, you know, I know he kind of scurried around the issue yesterday by saying there will be reconstituted board. That means heads are going, basically. You Can think backers will get an access? But what else does it mean? Because the same people, this isn't deck chairs on the Titanic. They can't just shift them around and expect us to go, yes, I will still have you in my authority running my department. That cannot physically happen. Staff have lost the trust as much as the public have lost the trust. And you lose trust how do you get back from that? And how do you get that trust? And you can't necessarily reconstitute so it with the same people. Cha- regime change? Absolutely a regime change because otherwise that organisation won't be seen to actually get its uh, cards in order. We saw yesterday, the word transparency has been touted by these people constantly. And yet when the moment, the most telling moment came about transparency, we had a chief a financial officer stutter and stumble over the fact of he didn't really want to give his wage and his exact what he's earning. And then he didn't really know when we did get to that point. That says it all. All right, Trevor Keegan, obviously a very, very worrying time for the staff of RTE uh, in terms of their economic future and in terms of their morale. Thank you indeed. We look forward to talking to you again. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.